So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode four of season two, Love During Lockup. On this episode, Justine gets a new car from Michael, Melissa meets Louie's mom, Chelsea insists on meeting Mikey's mom and lawyer, Mark offers his sperm to Cincerae, and Emily meets up with Smoke. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating, and if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Step one, step two, step three, step four. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? Uh, things are pretty good, especially because it's almost Thanksgiving. And... I, holy crap. I know. I yeah. said that to my students like today. I was like, well, you know, we're not going to be able to do anything next week because we only have two half days for Thanksgiving. And they were all like, wait, what? Yeah. Next week is Thanksgiving? And I was like, yeah. Oh, I know exactly when Thanksgiving is because I love my turkey. Yeah, but it's early this year. So I think it's going to it's catching people by surprise. Yes, definitely. All right. So um, other things that catch people by surprise. Let's just start with this because we were already itching to talk about this offline. <laughs> um, Speaking just, of turkey basters. Yeah, let's go with Mark and Cincere. All right. So Mark is we see him getting his purple and teal shirts ready because that's the only two colors he wears, it looks oh like, gosh. and Cincere calls. So he was curious and starts off, he was. He said, oh, I was just curious and starts off by asking what came across to me as a really transphobic question. And he was mm. like, I hear these trans women are going into prison to have sex with all the inmates. And it's like, that's, no, oh God. So we already <laughs> started off very, very strongly, let's say for Mark. So again, he tells us that he likes, how much he likes Cincere because she has a, high testosterone personality and also she's young and hot but anyway we do get back to the transphobic um, humor stuff so it it really is kind of he's dealing with this myth where uh, these trans women are getting into prison to get all these cis women pregnant and then when they get pregnant they get out of prison early i think seems to be what he thinks is happening God, idiot. but it's just the beginning of his harebrained scheme where he might he thinks, well, if you get pregnant and you get out early, he can get her pregnant by smuggling in some sperm of his oh in a vial so she can impregnate herself wow. in prison. So wow. Because he brings up that he's a sperm donor who has two, he says doesn't have children, but two offspring. So he said he did it just to see like what his kids would look like and to make sure that he's capable of impregnating people is what it sounds like stupid reason to bring children into the world what's wrong with you so sensory though is like pretty uh you know it sounds like a non-starter for her she's gonna nip it in the bud this uh let's just get pregnant before we actually meet um she lists the reasons it's an awful idea but he still suggests that well you know maybe you can think about it next time i visit i can just pass you a vial because what do you have to lose It'd be better to be out of prison with a kid than in prison for longer for both of them, he thinks. But it sounds to me like she, at this point, just is like, okay, get, okay, bye, bye, bye. It just wants to get off the phone <laughs> as she quickly say she would throw as possible. It? Didn't she say she would just straight up throw it in the trash? Yes. She was, she was like, <laughs> I would not use it. Like, could you think of, I mean, Jesus, Jesus. It's so, of all the things to smuggle into prison. To make your life better. Right. 
Mark Sperm is no. really low on the list. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't. Yeah. It's really, really low on the list. It's like, why would you want the experience of being pregnant in prison? Yeah. Okay, I don't care if it gets you out early. It's like that in itself is a challenge. Why would you want that for yourself or unborn child? What is yeah. wrong with Mark? Yes, being in prison, you know, which is a place known for its great medical care. Right, like, right. <laughs> right? It's going to be – it's already awkward. It's already uncomfortable. It's already awful. And you're going to add the pregnancy on top of that? Right. I was thinking more of the discomfort of it, like you were saying. Like, are you going to get a big, cushy, like, you know, seat to sit in when, you know, everything is aching and sore? No, you are not. <laughs> like, but also, we also know. We've watched this show before. Nobody right. gets out of prison early because they get no. pregnant. They will take you out. Like, we've had, we've seen pregnant people in prison before. They're like, yeah. oh, they took me to the hospital, handcuffed me to the bed in the hospital, took right. the baby away, and then shipped me back to prison. Like, yeah. that's how – that's what they do. Like, that's what's yeah. going to happen here. Like, it's just an awful idea. I, I don't know where he's hearing any of this stuff. Yeah. Hearing about and, – and, you know, the way he kind of makes it sound is like, oh, the transgender people, this is all some kind of weird scam to get yes. everybody in well, prison pregnant, which is like, what is wrong with you? Where are you hearing this? It just – yes, it's it's – just like I said, wildly transparent. Anytime anybody starts a story where it's like, well, I hear that trans people are, I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there. That's not happening. <laughs> like, just stop. Wow. Nope, that's a lie. Whatever you heard is bullshit propaganda to be to be anti-trans people. I'm going to like Well, also, it just doesn't even make sense. What's the motivation there? Is like, is that person really trans? Probably not. Right. And the only thing I can think of is the only people who ever come up with these stories are like these really like, like Mark. You know, kind of weirdly, sickly, perverted people who are like, mm. well, that's what I would do if I was trans. And it's like, yeah, that says <laughs> more about you than it says about trans people. Like, it, that is all you and not them at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would go. I would love to go into a sneak into a prison and be able to have sex. But first of all, nope. just because you're in the prison and you're like the only penis available doesn't mean that you're getting all of the women. Like, that's not right. how it works either. <laughs> I mean, we've seen them all, like uh, even, what is it, Puppy and Amber Gay for the stay, you know? It's like, they're not they're not hard up. And no. even then, there's other situations where I think we've heard, like, even, even the women trying to hook up with each other is somewhat of a challenge sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Depending on the prison you're in. It's not like yeah. you get, like, free-for-all alone time with one another. Yeah, it's just – I mean, that's just the way that I always hear this anti-trans nonsense always coming through is like, mm -hmm. well, these guys are just pretending to be women and they get to go into locker rooms and yeah, stuff. They, yeah, right. You're just like, And it's no. like, no, dude, come on. That is – no. Are there weirdos out there that may try pull something like that? Yeah, but they're like Mark. They're not trans people. Right. <laughs> Mark might try that. <laughs> like, the one who is wants to make sure that his sperm work. Like that was not on my checklist. I have kids, but uh -huh. on the checklist of why I had kids, definitely was not like, oh, I wanted to make sure that my sperm worked. I know. <laughs> like, There's no. an easier test for that. Like you can get a test for sperm count. Come on, Mark. Yeah, sperm count, sperm mobility. Just go to the fertility clinic oh and they'll let you know goodness. if things are okay. But like Yeah, he's an idiot. And oh yeah, so we were talking a little bit about this offline. It's like I don't I would be very concerned 
as someone who was actively looking for a sperm donor of getting someone like Mark because he is someone that has a very inflated sense of self. You know he's playing up his donor profile like he's so accomplished and has all these things. And then to end up with Mark, I would be so disappointed. Yes. Uh, No, that is true. I mean, I would be concerned no matter what because it did not just end up with a Mark and it was like, all right, well, what was the reason – we donate to the sperm bank. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, and I'm sure if some people do legitimately have altruistic reasons, but even if you do, you're like, you know what? People would want my babies. Like that's a oh, pretty gosh. arrogant thing to think, right? Right. My babies would be superior to other babies and people would want mine. Right. I would think that there is a higher risk of like narcissists, narcissism yes. in the gene pool there. For sure. For yeah. Sure. I also wonder, do they fact check any of these donor profiles? Could you just make up degrees and accomplishments and, you know, uh, jobs and whatever? Or are, are they actually fact checking you? That's a good one. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Nobel Prize winner in physics with a Pulitzer <laughs> Prize who graduated from Harvard and Cambridge. And uh, yeah, like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. So, All those I things know. are true. Sure. Right. I would want to know. So. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Speaking of people who uh, want to know things, we got Chelsea. Chelsea and her boyfriend, Mikey. Chelsea's friend, Beth, is helping Chelsea get to the bottom of things. Because as you recall from last episode, Mikey uh, is supposedly in the hospital, but they can't seem to get any answers. They start off on the prison website where they don't find much on his health. So they start uh, call with calling the prison. Beth calls and the man on the phone says that Mikey is not in the hospital and if they want more information that they need to call his mom because she is the primary contact and she is the only one who has given information about him. Chelsea wants to have answers, but she doesn't really want to bother his mom. She says that she has trust issues and wonders if Pamela, Mikey's mom, is in on this whole weird scam thing. Beth calls Pamela and it's a good sign that Pamela knows who Chelsea is. Pam tells them that the prison told her he was transported to a hospital last night and she wasn't getting any more information. Chelsea is frustrated because she feels like her disability is holding her back from getting more information. Pamela says that it sounds like Mikey had a stroke and she wants to get to a lawyer to see what they can do about getting more medical information. Chelsea wants to go with her so she can get to the bottom of everything. Pamela says she's welcome to come, so Chelsea starts to pack up her bag so she can go to Kentucky. Beth is concerned because Chelsea gets taken advantage of easily, and Beth doesn't want her to go alone into a potentially dangerous situation. Chelsea finally gets an email from Mikey himself saying that everything's okay and that he's on his way back to cell from the hospital and not really offering more of an explanation. Steve, Chelsea's dad, stops by and Chelsea shows him the email from Mike and tells him that she's going to go to Kentucky to see a lawyer with Mikey's mom. Steve thinks that Pam might be in the middle of whatever the situation is. He asks if Pam has been to prison and he's concerned with uh, Chelsea's safety and he isn't happy about her going. Chelsea says that she's there to see the man she loves. And Steve makes some off comment that she knows how to pick him. We then find out that Chelsea's ex was abusive, had gone to prison, got out, cut off his ankle monitor, stole money from a deaf club for drugs, OD'd, and died. Steve brings up Mikey's teardrop tattoo that he says means he either killed a man or he's been in prison for 10 years, and Chelsea doesn't care, which bothers Steve. 
Steve then, he hopes that Mikey stays in jail and Chelsea flips out because of what a heartless statement that was. Chelsea doesn't have a plan for going out to Kentucky. She said she might sleep in her car. She doesn't know, but she tells Steve to leave her alone and, you know, she's just going to go and do what she wants. All right, so it seems like there is starting to get support from the side of this is legit, but then also pieces of evidence that seem like this is not legit. So what do you think based on the information we know? Uh, I I still think not legit mm-hmm. um, because I don't know. It's just at no point did the prison ever confirm that he was in a hospital. Right. Right. The only. In fact, the opposite. They keep saying he's not in the hospital. Yes. The only. Uh, a hint that we have that he was in the hospital comes directly from him. And mm. at this point, it sounds more like he's lying to Chelsea and his mom. Mm. Right. Because we kind of thought like maybe his mom's in on it and she's covering for him. And it just sounds like he's telling them both the same lie. Well, I wonder a little bit if he's got a friend who's also pretending to be from the prison, because it sounds like. Pamela got a call from the prison who was telling them, describing the mini stroke or whatever the they're calling it. Oh, sure. It. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, it does seem weird. I, I was very unsure because to me, Pamela was very convincing. Uh, right. You know, it's uh, like. Yeah. So I believe that Pamela believes what she's saying. Sure. Because why would you go to see a lawyer and invite the girlfriend along. Yes. Sure, come with me to see the lawyer. Right, because otherwise that was the time when, you know, if, she, if, if, if the girlfriend shows up to see the lawyer and you're full of shit, it's going to come to – that's when it's going to come to a head, right? That's when right. you're just going to find out. So you'd be like, no, actually, you can't see the lawyer because reasons. Then I'd be like, well, okay, now she could be in on it. Yeah, and that's why when all of a sudden she gets this mystery message from Mikey like – All's well. Everything's okay. It's like, huh, that was interesting timing of that. Yes. Right after the talk of seeing a lawyer and getting Mm -hmm. the information, all of a sudden it's like, nope, never mind. It's all good. I'm just back in the prison where I was before. Yep, yep, yep. No reason to do anything now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Which I I don't know what the what like the HIPAA rules are for prisons and like that, like that. Right. Because. Well, I don't even know what rules they are because it's not HIPAA because they're not a medical provider. Right. right. And so the medical provider, are they allowed to share things with the prison? Is there another thing? You know, because we're both teachers. We know we don't have HIPAA. We have FERPA. Right. We have we are not allowed to discuss things about our students. Um, And it's similar, but it's different rules and everything and and, and the prison. But, you know, that always bothers people, too, because like we definitely had during the pandemic, like the school is violating HIPAA. And it's like. HIPAA doesn't apply to schools. They can't right. possibly be vi- – so the prison can't violate HIPAA either because that that's not what it applies to. But I wonder what the rules are because it seems like they tell them both more and less than I would expect them to sometimes. Right. Yeah. I mean, I am allowed to say, I think – I'm trying to think of what the university rules are. I don't even think I was allowed to tell – like if a parent were to email me. Correct. You know? Which is different higher ed than it is yes. uh, high school. But I don't think I was even allowed to tell them that I, that I had a student with that name in my class. Uh, that I think you're right. You definitely can't tell them anything about their performance. You can't tell them grades oh, or no, anything. Oh, no, absolutely not. But, but I mean, I, think I don't even right. think I, I don't even think you can confirm that they were right. in the class. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I don't know. But it seems to me that if you have an emergency contact, which it sounds like Pam was the emergency contact, that you would be able to disclose something, especially if they were not able to communicate themselves. Sure. Like if Mikey was in the hospital or if he had a stroke. It seems like the primary contact or emergency contact would get some information. But this is why it's all confusing because it sounds like she's not getting information. Or this is the other thing that was confusing to me because it sounded like the information Pam was getting, she just didn't believe for whatever reason. She was like, that's not what it sounded like to me. I'm a nurse and she, you know, I I know what this sounds like. Ah, so you think it was not, she she was suspicious that it was not a mini stroke? But that would also be consistent with him having a prison buddy call pretending to be the prison. Right. And making up a bunch of symptoms. Yes. And making up a bunch (laughs) of symptoms. Yes. They're like, this doesn't sound like a stroke at all. Like. Right. And so I I can see it. But man, I just, I want Chelsea to plan ahead a little bit. Like. Yeah. Better than, I guess I might just sleep in my car. And it's like, you're going to just drive up to a stranger's house and sleep in your car in a strange place that you've never been to you don't know where the good neighborhoods are you don't know where the bad neighborhoods are you don't even know if it's legal to sleep in your car or where it is like that's that is a recipe for disaster Mm -hmm. and her dad is you know could work on his uh, tactfulness a bit but he's not wrong with most of what he's saying no absolutely i am team steve 100 percent. but it does suck to kind of hear like i hope he stays in prison yeah, you know that that's, that, that's a, a like a half a step too far. We, yeah, we could use the, like you sure know how to pick him. I hope he stays in prison. I think he murdered people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what do you think of their whole like trying to simulate Chelsea's experience in life? I, I, I don't like it. I don't either. I'm over it. It's like. Because there was a part, yeah, we're talking about the part where Beth was on the phone and we were hearing what she was saying. And then they were like, well, Chelsea was getting visibly frustrated. And I feel mm-hmm. like that was enough. Seeing her getting visibly frustrated was right. like, oh, yeah, right. She can't hear anything they're saying. But then they had to like make it like do the high pitch thing again. Just yes, pay a high pitch tone. It. Yeah. And mute it as we saw Beth like talking. And it was like, this is right. No. So we see the mouthing. And I realized they did it like two or three times this episode. And it's just like. All right, we get it. But, you know, as an audience member, it's also hard to follow along. Like, we get that Chelsea's frustrated and that she has to live her life like this. But we still need to understand what's happening. And this cannot be the first time something like this has happened with her, right? Mm-hmm. To say, and I get that it's frustrating. and But I don't know. It's just like where she's acting like this is the first time someone's had to talk on the phone on her behalf. And mm-hmm. I doubt that that's true. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I, I feel bad for her, kind of, but then I, I'm with Steve. Like, she should know better at this point, especially given she, it sounds like she had not so great of an ex. Yeah. That also did some shady, messed up things. Right, and was in and out of prison, and it's mm-hmm. like, and it, it, it is hard to do, the, to get the people who are like, and I don't think... Her ex, I get the impression he wasn't in prison when they got together, but yeah. he ended up going in, going to prison and stuff. But yeah, it definitely seems like a pattern to go back and be like, well, I fell in love with this guy who was in prison again. It's like, wow, okay. how, what? Didn't we see that she had children like on the first episode? Uh, yes, we did. I think she has a child. Yeah. And so, because they went bowling, right? Yes. They did something. And it's like, 
I love how these children like conveniently disappear from the storyline oh, right. when their parent is gallivanting around, like driving to another state with no plan in place to go visit a maybe lawyer. You're just like, what is happening? Why are you yeah. being such a bad parent right now? Right. It, it is. It's like, oh, I heard something. Someone's going to drop everything in the car and take off driving to Kentucky and maybe even sleep in my car. It's like, where's your, where's your, your child? Like, <laughs> I know. What is happening right now? Yeah. So that's a good point. I didn't. I forgot about that. I know. We always forget about these random kids, like when the parents start, you know, driving off and doing whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. That's true. All right. Well, that's a good transition to our other one because now we have the other group that has a large number of kids that I feel like is going to just be there some when it's convenient and mm. be missing when it's not. And that's Justine and Michael. So we don't actually see the wedding. We've been building up to it for like two, three episodes <laughs> and we don't get to see it because uh, production's not actually allowed to film inside the prison. But we see her come out and through the bouquet and like the prison yard afterwards. So Justine tells us they both cried and Mike looked sexy as hell in his burgundy jumpsuit. So in an interview, she has him on speakerphone so he can talk to the producers. And he says he feels like Captain Planet because the Planeteers had rings, I guess. <laughs> um, so they drive back to Mike's family's house where they have lots of balloons and all the seven kids. And, you know, they're going to be one family now, Brady Bunch style. So now that, you know, it's, she says now that they're married, it's like things aren't really that different because, you know, he's still inside and she's still outside. Um, so she sets up a video chat and tries to like put it onto the TV so he can talk to everyone. But that that doesn't last for very long. And she ends up having to pass the phone around. So he talks to his son and says he'll be home in nine weeks. Um, and then he apologizes to his sister for not saying anything about the wedding. And then. Uh, then we get a cliffhanger when he says it's time to see Juju's gift. I assume that Juju is Justine in this yeah. case. So we go outside and we're left hanging. But when we come back to them, Justine goes out first and there's a big old Mercedes SUV with a ribbon on it, mm. which Justine, Justine says is the biggest gift she's ever gotten, which I mean, feel like would apply for like 99.9% of people. Right. Like a, a Mercedes yeah. SUV. Yes, that's the biggest <laughs> gift anyone gets. Oh, for sure. So uh, Justine's mom is mostly concerned about how did this guy have enough money for uh, this really nice luxury SUV? <laughs> and yeah. she suspects that it's probably related to crime. Oh, God. So Justine doesn't care because, you know, she just makes her feel loved and uh, she just rather not think about it. So after all, it's not like she's like demanding all these things. It's just they just come to her. So it's all good. So then it's time for the jail themed wedding cake that everyone enjoys before she sneaks off to her room to have some private time with her husband. So after some... Failed dirty talk. She first asks him if he – he asks her if she likes the car and she talks about some of the other generous gifts she's gotten him. Just uh, – but again, she just doesn't want to think too hard about where the money's coming from. <laughs> all right. So let's just go by. I mean this is that one where like we had all these episodes beforehand. It was just them and now it's like, oh, yeah, like lots of kids. Yeah. Like, so – Yeah. I mean, we kind we, of remember that she is like three – she has yeah. the oldest girl and then two younger sons. Yeah, and they and said it was four. seven kids. So I think, yeah, three and three of her three and her and his four. Yeah. But it's like we saw the older ones last week and it's just it was, I don't know, very, I wouldn't say jarring, but kind of unexpected when they were all there for the like TV <laughs> yeah. debrief. And it was like, oh, wow, this is 
this is a lot of family here. <laughs> there is, but at the same time, I wonder how involved the kids are in uh, Mike's life because, you know, he's in prison. They have to live with other family members, whether it's their mom or, you know, other family. But, you know, it, I don't know if they think about him or have much of a relationship with him. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things that it's it's uh, it's. I think it's kind of unpredictable how kids react. Some kids are yeah. going to be like, oh, fuck that guy. He doesn't like, I don't have anything to do with him. I don't care about him. Right. And other ones are just going to be like really, really like into the idea of dad being there. And it's like, it seemed yeah. like that one kid was like, he was like, I'm going to be home in nine weeks. And that kid was right. like really excited about that. I think kids are more receptive if they're not in and out of prison. I think that uh, in and out of prison is where it seems more like a choice that you keep going back, yes. you know, and it's like, you know that you have time with me, but you're choosing like this lifestyle that's sending you back to prison. I think, um, you know, kids are a lot more forgiving if they think it's like, you oh, know, that was a one time thing, one time right. mistake that happened and now we're stuck here. But yes, no, yeah. I think it's true. And, it, and that, that you know, see, see the same thing about people who are on like. You know, you do a lot of travel for work or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if it mm -hmm. at some point it does feel like, well, you could have a different job where you could have stayed home with me more, but instead you chose being gone. And it definitely for right. kids feels like what adults do feel like more of a choice than adults mm -hmm. kind of acknowledge. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was actually really cute, their whole wedding situation, considering, like, the the circumstances, right? I mean, right. it still is like, why didn't you just wait the six weeks until he's out? But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but it was cute that they were having, like, their little dance party and, like, he, they were video chatting with him the whole time. And so he was very much involved. And I, I thought it was, like, very sweet. Right. Yeah. And, and, and she... <sighs> It was definitely we've seen the other ones. Like remember we we compared her to the other. Uh, I forget who it was. Her name was. Oh, Chris and. Uh, yes. Yeah, I yeah I can't. You remember You know which her one I'm talking about. Yes, but, the one with the BMW. Yeah, and and I mean, and she did get a SUV, but she did get a Mercedes. But like, she's not as demanding. Like I don't think that other girl would have been okay with this. Oh, we'll get married in the prison and then just have a house party with black and white balloons, and that'll be. Oh good. right 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 right. Like, yeah. And so that that's kind of refreshing to see somebody who's not like, no, this is my wedding day and it's the most important day and we must go all out for everything. And it's like, OK, we can just you can just have balloons in the house. You got married to somebody in prison. Like, let's go. Yeah. I mean, honestly, their story is very like um, normal, I would say, except for the fact that he's in prison. But yeah. then you also forget that. You know, mom's over here saying this guy's a player. <laughs> like, good yes, luck. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, and and yeah, I think mom is like, and I think I, I think mom has seen this game with the gift before. Like, she's you like, oh, so? this pattern. That is a big gift. It is a big. I don't know if she's seen anything quite this big, mm -hmm. but I think she's seen like, yep, this is how he does it. Like, this is how he gets girls to hang around. Like, he gives them crap. Like, well, maybe. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, okay, so we do have uh, Love After Lockup, the original, is coming back. I saw a trailer for it. Yes. They said coming back in December. So that's like next month. Yeah, but whenever they say that, it's probably going to be like the end of next month. But Well, you know, but at the same time, maybe they would be a good candidate for the show if they're... Yeah, if he's actually going to be out, I could totally yeah, see that. Yeah, going to be yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. maybe. 
Um, okay, so let's uh, move on to Melissa and Louie. So Melissa is off to meet Louie's mom. They both hope that they uh, both, meaning Melissa and Louie, hope that this meeting will win over his mom because Melissa is making an effort to meet his mom without Louie there. Melissa shows up and the first thing Donna, Louie's mom, does is comment on how late she is. Donna starts off by giving her a tour of the house. First stop, Louie's room, where Melissa insists on taking a selfie on Louie's bed. And she's taking different pictures at different poses and angles. And Donna's starting to feel uncomfortable and tells her, let's move on. Melissa did not make a good first impression, as Donna tells us that Melissa's pretty, but she was annoyed at how late she was. Donna thinks that Melissa has something to prove. Donna then asks why Melissa was late, and Melissa says it's because she went to see Louie at work. At first, she tries to play it off like it was just a drive-by, but Donna calls her out, saying that you can't just drive by because it's an hour out of the way. She then says it's stupid, saying Melissa shouldn't do anything to jeopardize Louie's freedom. Melissa says she just wanted a peek, and Donna says that she'll give her a peek. Melissa admits to being impulsive and not thinking of the consequences. Donna says that Melissa needs to be mindful, especially when Louis gets out. Melissa says that they're going to be together when he gets out. Donna tells her that Louis will be living with her for two years after he gets out, and Melissa really had no idea, as Donna asks if that's something she wants to put up with. Donna isn't ready to lose her son. She says that Louis has been dependent on her, and Melissa says that she's not moving to Georgia, so if he doesn't go to New Jersey, they can't be together. Melissa says she wants a better idea of who he is when he gets out. Donna says that Louis told her that Melissa has the strength to keep him on the right path. Donna then shares that Louis, what Louis has told her is that he wants to be a yoga instructor. Melissa's shocked because she didn't even know Louis did yoga. Louis wanted his mom to meet his yoga instructor, Rutu, as well, but Donna isn't trying to exercise, so she declined that meeting. Melissa has never heard of this Rutu. Rutu volunteers and teaches yoga in the prison, and she's able to certify him as a yoga instructor. Melissa was convinced that Louis hadn't seen any woman in the past decade, and she wants to know what his relationship with this Rutu is. Donna encourages Melissa to just ask him about it. All right, so what do you think? Do you think Rutu is possibly someone, another love interest of Louis? I think that I, I read some good advice online today, and it was mm -hmm. that every time you hear a story or you read a letter or something and you see it online, it's important to remember that everybody in that story is like 60% less attractive than you thought they were. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I just, I mean, I don't know who Rutu is, but like, especially the way he's been like, well, I haven't seen a woman. I, she could be some like, you know, way older person that does yoga. Like I've seen yoga instructors are not like people always have this idea of like, oh, yoga instructors, young, hot and flexible. Like, no, there's a lot of like old, like weird looking yoga instructors because there's a lot of weird and old looking everybody, right? It's right. like, it's not a type, it's not like a specific type that like you age out of or you have to be attractive to do it. So like, there's no chance, there's there's a decent chance that she he literally didn't think of her when he thought of quote unquote women at all. Right. Well, I honestly don't think that Louis has ever been the one who said, I haven't seen a woman in over a decade. I think that is 100 percent Melissa, 
You know, that's what she thinks. She thinks the present, uh, the present, the prison is a huge sausage fest where there is no gender diversity amongst the workforce. And so oh, right, she's, yeah. she's the one who's thinking like, well, what, what chances would he ever see a woman in the last decade? So I feel that like that's. Ridiculous. To think the entire yeah. CO staff was men is already, right. already a leap she's making. I don't think he would. Like, even try to get away with that as, like, saying something. Sure. So I, I think that's, like, Melissa putting that on him. And I think it also makes her feel good about herself. Like, oh, I am so attractive. He hasn't seen a woman. I'm the first woman he's seen in 10 years. But I think the thing that made me kind of suspicious of this Rutu is why is he trying to get his mom to meet her? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, does he just want his mom to do yoga? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> mom was not about yoga at all. I. But that to me is another. That's a. That's a pretty big, very concerning red flag. If you're Melissa, like, he's about to be a yoga instructor, and mm -hmm. his mom was like, "Well, yeah, he like yoga does yoga all the time. It's like one of his passions." And you're like, "I didn't even know he liked it." Like that's yeah. like, what does that say to you, Melissa? Like, are we, are we some inferences there. Right. Yeah, actually, that's very true. Like the fact that he hasn't said anything in passing about taking a yoga class or, you know, uh, the relationship he's built with this Rutu where she has offered to like certify him as an instructor or even talking about that as like part of his life plan. Like I would hope that they have talked about their future enough where it just seems like, you know, there's too many like bomb droppings right yes. now. Yeah, I just I can't imagine being with a partner and finding out, like, after I've committed to them, when I thought they were moving in with me. Right. Finding out, nope. like, oh, wait, you're certified to be an instructor in that? Like, okay, well, forget that. Like, I've just been two years at my mom's house in yeah. an entirely different state. Like, how is Melissa just hearing about this now? Well, I mean, well, we, we've definitely seen this dynamic before, though. And yeah. it's because the person – it's not – because um, maybe he does have to because we, as we know from Amber and Puppy, Georgia doesn't mess around. No, um, they don't. That um, he may have to by state rule. But right. that Stay might just state. be Donna's rule. Him being like, well, he told me he's doing this. And that was part of my conditions of even taking him in. Right. And so he's just telling two different people two different things. Right. Well, thankfully, and I really hope she sticks to it. Melissa did not say, well, if he can't leave Georgia, I guess I'll just move down. It's like, oh, good. She's yeah. like, deal breaker. I'm not moving out of Jersey. I mean, she needs she she belongs in Jersey. I will she say. She sure does. That. <laughs> yeah, that, that is definitely her place and her people. So I, yeah. I get that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely appreciated Donna a lot with her, um, especially calling out the bullshit. Like, oh, you, yeah. ju you just drove by, really? That's what you did? You drove an hour away out of the way to just She's happen like, to stop by? She's like, you can't do no. that. I yeah. know. That's I also appreciate that Melissa didn't even try it after she realized, oh, she's not going to pull one over on Donna. She's like, I was impulsive. Sorry. It's like, yeah, yeah quit lying to Donna. <laughs> Donna's not going to take it. <laughs> no. All right. So last up I have is uh, Emily and Dari. So Emily is on her way to meet some guy in the park and her friend on the phone can't believe it. The some guy here is Smoke, who is who she talked to over the phone last episode. Well, it turns out after she talked to Smoke, it sounds like Dari and her – Dari talked to her and told her, you need to give him the stimulus money. It's my money. You have to give it to him. So they – so she goes, they meet in the park right across the river from Manhattan so they can have a nice background. And then 
it starts off awkward because she tries to shake his hand and he like doesn't want to do that. Instead, he wants to set her straight about disrespecting him when they talked on the phone. Well, and I thought it, I thought at first he was actually talking about the time when they just talked on the phone, but it was actually back when Smoke and Dory were still bunkies and like he was saying something and then she said something loud enough for him to hear on the phone. But I don't know. It, she says that's to be expected because Dari was cheating on him. Uh, it was, I don't know. I, I very lost, like, very quickly lost track of the plot here. But either way, it's two people who definitely feel disrespected by the other one. So Smoke wants to make sure that um, that Emily has Dari's best interest at heart because he doesn't think she does. She controls everything and doesn't respect him. Kind of like the as evidenced by the fact that she's never visited him in prison, which she thinks is unfair because it was COVID for most of the time, and now I can't even get out there. So things deteriorate even further, and uh, then she damn near throws the money at him and walks away. So they're both very upset about how this conversation went, and Smoke is still ranting to the camera, and Emily is actually trying to hold back tears, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So do you have any idea what they were fighting about? Because I can't figure it out. Like they no. were both just like, well, you, I can't even believe it. You think you just, you just, you came with disrespect and you just with coming back with that. And I'm like, you didn't, nobody's saying anything. They're just saying disrespect a lot. Yeah. I think they just both don't like each other, yes. <laughs> to be honest. Um, I do honestly think they both have disrespected each other or at least 100%, yeah. in the perspective of the other person. Um, it sounded like. Uh, Emily felt disrespected because, uh, you know, Smoke was sticking up for his boy when, you know, the cheating thing got discovered and Smoke was trying to help him cover his ass by saying, just hang up, just hang up. And Emily is not about that. So she's just already doesn't like this guy from the jump. And then Smoke, it sounds like, you know, I think he sees things for what it is in that, you know, uh, Emily's trying to control with money and he doesn't like that. He thinks that's disrespectful, not necessarily to himself, but to Dari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. I mean, it's just it's it's just it's hard because I just don't. Like Emily. <laughs> uh, you know, yes. And the thing with Emily, too, and this is such I feel like this is pretty common is like Emily is very insecure. Yeah. Um. I feel like this girl has probably been bullied. And so she has created this like persona where it's just like, I don't give a fuck. Like. I'm a, I'm a fat bitch, like, I will mess you up, like, I don't care what people say about me or make fun of me. And so it's very much this very hard exterior. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, it's, I don't think that that is really, um, like, in capturing, like, her heart in all of that. No, you know? I, I like agree. She's, I a, agree. she's a big softie and she does get hurt very easily. I mean, you could see it how she was. And it was like that little glimmer where you're like, oh, she does feel things. She isn't as hard as she's like coming off. Yeah, it is. It, it's 100% a, um, it's a persona. I, that mm-hmm. You're right that she puts on. I just, it's a very, and it's an intentionally off-putting persona. 
right? Well, yeah, because, and that's the thing. Because what yeah. you can do is if you have an intentionally, uh, intentionally off-putting persona, then you can get rid of the expectation that anybody's going to be warm or kind or nice to you because right. you're, you're saying, fuck them. I don't want to be, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to bang with those people anyway, right? Yeah. And so you can blame anybody's dislike for you on this intentionally antagonistic persona that you've made. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. And, and, yeah. that, and and I get it and I feel I, I do kind of feel sorry for her that she feels like she has to put on this yeah. mask and everything. Right. But the other time, the other side of that is she's not likable. She's not likable. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I am with you 100 percent on that. Like I you know, it's like you do feel bad that like what what has gotten you to this point in life where you you have to you feel like you have to behave this way because right. it does. It makes her incredibly unlikable. But you you do you feel bad for her because you know that that's just covering a lot of hurt, right? And that's when she get when she when she left she she didn't mm-hmm. leave and like throw the money because she was like that's it fuck you I don't care she left because mm-hmm. she was like I, this guy can't see me cry and I'm about to cry like, yeah like I'm ve- she was very very hurt um, and just had to get away from him to save face mm-hmm. and it's like and and I don't know that he knew that like I don't know that he can see he, I don't think that he's seen the vulnerability no. right no. and so all he is is like. Who's this crazy bitch that's taking all your money? Like, yeah. that's all he sees. Oh, yeah. he, be, he being smoked, by the way. I think right. I think Dari probably has seen more of her vulnerability. Well, I hope so. But, uh, you know, just this whole thing, I, I, you know, I definitely saw it that way that Emily's trying to control with money. But I don't know how much of that is actually going to happen because she ended up giving smoke the money in the end anyway. Right. Well, at the end of the day, it was his money. And I think yeah. he can just say at the end of the day, it's my money. You won't give it to who I asked you to give it to. I'll get another power of attorney. That's my right. right. Like you don't yeah. have to just because I made you power of attorney. That means you have the you, your attorney still has to do what you asked them to do. Right. right. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. And, like, they don't get to make their own decisions on your behalf. Um, yeah. And, and so it is. So it, it, it's not as much control as she pretends she has. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think she sees it as being controlling just to get hers. I mean, a little bit. At least that's mm-hmm. what she says. I think it's it's just like, well, he needs guidance, and this is the only way I know how to give it. Right, right. Okay, so we did not hear from uh, who didn't we hear from this week? Oh, Jessica and Dustin, and then Ty and Hottie and oh, right, Boston Ty and, and yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Ty Hottie Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so out of the group we saw this week, who was your student of the week? It, see, this is even trickier than it usually is because we only have half of the people like that even talk most of the yeah, time. That's you know? True. Yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna say, uh, yes, love during lockup. So we got a lot of prisoners on hand. Yeah. So we have a lot of prisoners who don't like a lot of times don't make appearances in the episode at all. So whereas like I don't know, there were only like four main people that, uh, in the whole thing. So right. I went a little bit off, and I said Donna, Louis' mom. Like, I mean, she definitely said the things that needed to be said to Melissa, but Mm -hmm. whether or not she's going to be able to, like, you know, walk the walk when Louis gets out remains to be seen. But oh, I definitely think she can. Like Donna is a tough cookie. Tell Melissa she's dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I actually went with Michael, speaking of prisoners that we don't see, um, of Justine and Michael. I thought that, you know, given their limitations of uh, having to have, like, essentially a remote wedding reception, like, the reception was really nice, and he gave her a really nice gift. Yeah, well, to bring that, (laughs) (laughs) bringing that to my class dunce, I actually said Justine, because I think... (laughs) 
that she has a pretty good idea where the money for that gift came from. Oh, gosh. And she just wants to pretend that's not the case, mm. right? Whereas this is something, if you're driving around in something that was bought with stolen money or something that was oh, stolen, gosh. you're going to get in a lot of trouble. And there are yeah. seven kids out there, three of your own. Like, oh, you can't you, you can't just plug your ears and, and go la, 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 la. When, like, a person who is in jail for money problem for money things things that made him mm-hmm. money is now just throwing around money I, i'm really with her mom that's a that's a dangerous game to play yeah uh well i went with chelsea as my dunce mm-hmm. um just uh blindly driving to another state at who's taking care of the kids you know no plan whatsoever uh, doesn't seem to care that her partner is either a murderer or a lifelong prisoner when confronted by her dad. Yeah, and knows, and like, knows nothing about the mom. Like, the dad was like, well, has the mom been in prison? And she's like, oh. Like, well, that's who you're going to see. Like, yeah. So sure, those sure. are legitimate questions, especially if you feel like mom is in on whatever scam is happening. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, uh, what about your life lesson? All right, so it's kind of a step beyond. So we've established before that, I don't know if we've established, but it's been well established that, you know, your unsolicited dick pics, no good, (laughs) no go. You better be pretty sure that somebody wants that before you send it to them. And that goes doubly true for your actual sperm. You better be really sure that somebody wants that before that's what you're offering up to them. Oh, gosh. Uh, So actually, my life lesson also along the same lines, pregnancy is never the answer to anything other than how do you grow an already loving family? (laughs) That's true. Yeah. How do we get another child into this wonderful situation? Yes. Right. Uh, Yeah. It's never the answer to how do I shorten your prison sentence? Right. No, well, I mean, and then, but then, the if you answer. go with like more ones that people go with, how can we not get divorced? <laughs> yes. How can we hold this relationship together? <laughs> yeah. How can I get them to stay? Yes. Yes. Things like yes. that. Yeah. Not the answer. Right. All right. So uh, it's I don't know how many more weeks we have of this, but we did see a trailer for Love After Lockup and they said December. So that's a little vague. And we're always kind of... Uh, surprised at when you know we're uh, on the last episode but it should be you know happening soon ish i have a feeling especially after mark and sensoray's uh segments sensoray is done she is she is out of here so i don't know if we're gonna see much of them anymore um we know that uh justine and michael are married so i don't know how much more we have to see of them uh, Melissa and Louie are kind, I mean he's kind of out they really have their yeah. meeting like actual meetup not 20 meet up. minute closet yeah, we don't know what's going on the other ones adventure. are kind of I still feel like some of them are just kind of really getting warmed up like your Emily um, right and Jessica is yeah. kind of getting warmed up so I don't know but I, 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 they did have a way of kind of folding a lot of the people that are going to stay right over into life after lockup for right. this. I just I feel like they just kind of started during the life during lockup when they used to just go on hiatus. Yeah. Right between yeah. seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like uh, some of these really, even though it seems like a lot of drama right now, it's like you don't know because if there's not a whole lot of interaction with them, 
then, you know, this could just be their drama and there is no resolution. Yes. I mean, we saw that I mean, the last time during Love During Lockup. There was that one who was like, I'm getting ready to go down there. And he was like, yeah, don't bother. I'm moved in with another woman. Like, and it's over. Right. And it was like, oh, OK. Like, I guess that story's yeah. over. Yeah. All right. So, uh, but as far as we know, there will be an episode next week. And yep. so until then. All right. See everybody then. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye.